0: Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about top three reasons to close Facebook after death and how to do it is Betsy Ehrenberg. Betsy founded Legacy Concierge to protect wealth, especially after a person passes away. Her company has been at the forefront of digital property protection for the past five years. Our world has changed, and we are aware that digital assets reside in over 160 locations. trust and estate investment planning with digital assets is more strategic today than ever before. How are you doing today, Betsy?
1: Oh, I'm fine. Really looking forward to this presentation.
0: I am very much uh, looking forward to this one. A couple things before we get started, for those that are joining us live, if you have any questions, type your questions in. Time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get your questions answered. So let's go ahead and get started, started, Betsy. The top three reasons to close Facebook after death and how to do it.
1: Thank you so much. Well, welcome. And I think I'll start off by explaining to you why I got interested. About five years ago, I got a message, wish Carol a happy birthday. Carol had passed away. I wondered where the message came from and I found out it was Facebook. I called Facebook, I spoke to eight people and they took down her page. They never would do that today because the world has changed. So I looked into the bigger problem was Facebook the only place that had a person's name? And the answer, of course, was no. And where? how did they store that information? They stored it as a digital asset. So the question was, other than social media, what other places were um, companies storing my information? And then I started looking, and you can see it was email and mailing lists. The government files, With things like my driver's license and my passport, my voter registration. Credit reports was TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. And then looking at my bank account, companies uh, were putting money into my bank account. I had scheduled payments to go out. These are all electronic records or digital assets that belong to me. However, they are managed by the bank and the mortgage company and tax. People, in fact, have information all over the place, more than 160 records sitting on computers all over the country. People use social because that's what we're going to talk about today for very different reasons. Older people like to keep track of their children, their grandchildren, and that, gives them a way to do that. Younger people use it for promoting their businesses and keeping in touch with their friends. So now we can see all the places that digital property is sitting. If a person's under 75, they have more than 160 different locations. Facebook is what we're going to be talking about today, the beautiful little F at the bottom but you can see it's airlines and insurance companies. LifeLock, which is represented by the red tile with the white lock in it, keeps information about you as well. But Facebook is the one that seems to have more information than I was aware of. In fact, they have 47 categories of information, about each one of us. Some of it is the information we put in. The majority of the information is information they glean from us and keep track of. Which shopping sites are we going to visit? How do they know? And why are they keeping track? So we're going to talk about Facebook and all the things that they know about us. They know how we log on, they know what our passwords are. They do know that we visit banks and we have financial accounts that are all stored in electronic records. They also know who we pay and what our costs are. They also know our smartphone and our PIN and what kind of messages, text messages we're sending out and what we are receiving. This becomes quite scary to think that all this information is being stored just by one person so you're beginning to get an idea why would i want my name off facebook well the answer is they collect information about you and then they sell that information and make money they sell it to an advertisers they sell it to people who just want mailing lists for their businesses Facebook knows what kind of car we have and where we live and what insurance policies we have other than just the regular ones, perhaps life insurance, house insurance, auto insurance. They also know the apps that you have uploaded to yourself. Pretty scary. And, of course, because they're a social media company, Facebook owns social. They know who you're talking to, who your friends are who you haven't talked to, who you decided not to talk to, and they also are aware what you're searching for. Now, even though Google owns search, Facebook knows what you're searching for, and Facebook also knows whether or not you have filed a tax return. Over 160 digital accounts. I drew this safe so that you could have an idea what categories they have. Of course, email, financial, all the banks, credit unions, credit reporting companies, brokerage accounts. Insurance is life, auto, house, and also pension plans. And shopping are all those apps on your phone. Amazon and uh, Netflix. And generally in a presentation, I don't want people looking at their phone, but in this particular case, I think you will be surprised as to how many places are on your phone with apps. They have your user ID, they have a password, they know where your phone is located. They probably have your credit card as well. For housing, this digital property, for taxes, mortgages, rent, government, is driver's license voter registration, firearms registration, automotive, has a lot of information about the car you drive, where you buy gas, where you have a, the cars registered, and of course your driver's license. And social, again, is owned by Facebook. But social also includes all those community organizations that have your name on their mailing list. So why should I be concerned? What are the risks? Well, first of all, identity theft. In 2019, over 600,000 cases of identity theft were reported to the FTC, where the fraudster picked up the identity of a dead person. This is called ghosting. How did they do it? Well, they read the obituary, they go onto Facebook, they pick up your photo, and then they create a new page with a name which is similar to yours. So my name is Betsy Ehrenberg. They might say Betsy X Ehrenberg. So it looks the same, and if a person didn't know better, they would think it's really me. So now they have created a new person. And now they apply for credit cards to banks. The banks check with the credit reporting companies that, of course, don't know that you would like to control your access. So then, what they do after a person passes away, when they have ghosted the account, they apply for new credit cards. You now have new accounts all over the place. You have new subscriptions that are taking money out of your bank accounts and you're taking out they are taking out new loans in your name. In Ohio, one particular family realized that over $2 million worth of loans were taken out by fraudsters using this ghosting mechanism within 10 days of the death. What do you do to stop it? You don't put a lot of information, or rather you request that a lot of information is not put in your obituary. Why else should you be concerned? many people have password protection services. They stop as of date of death. You can look at the Terms of Service Agreement, that's TOSA, on your LifeLock Agreement. And when you say, what happens after death? A beautiful screen comes up and says, we are sorry that there has been a loss. So while uh, people will use a password protection, Uh, mechanism. It's no longer valid. And the Facebook account is creating an open opportunity for fraud. A lot of people have said, I have it all covered. I have a list of my accounts, I have their passwords, and um, I've given this list to my son. So when I die, my son can sign on and handle all my transactions. That is against the law in 47 states, and it also is against the law federally. So Facebook didn't want impersonation. So the terms of service agreement that you agreed to when you started using Facebook actually call out the fact that we are giving you free access to our platform with your user ID and your password. You are forbidden to give it to anyone else. Most of us don't know that. The birthday reminders are painful and they come from Facebook and for relatives and close friends, it reopens the wounds and has them reminded four or five years after the death of your passing. And you might not want that to happen. Another reason people get rid of their Facebook account, is because it could show some pictures of infidelity or discreet habits that you really don't want anyone else to know about. Of course, nobody's going to admit it, but that is where a lot of postings take place. So what can you do today with Facebook so that you have set the settings the way you want? you can tell Facebook that you do not want them to collect all that information. But in preparing for or thinking about the fact that I may die someday, or Facebook has a feature called Memorialize. And Memorialize is found by looking at your Facebook page and under settings, you click on that. And at the bottom, one of the choices, Memorialize. Memorialize means that the site, in this case for Pat Green, changes its name to remembering Pat Green. You also, on the Memorialize page, can select a delegate, the name of a person who, in fact, can sign on on your behalf when you're alive, when you've passed away, declared disabled. That is called a legacy delegate and you want that person to know that they have been documented in your Facebook account so that they can sign on and they are not violating the Terms of Service Agreement. Facebook um, now is giving you this ability to identify a a delegate, but do your legal documents also name that same person? In the case of legal documents, I'm talking about a will or a trust. In a will and a trust, you name a person who is, will be in charge of your estate after you pass away. That's called the fiduciary. If there is a conflict between the person who is named in the legal documents as the fiduciary and what you set up in your Facebook account as a delegate the delegate overrides what is in the legal documents. That's how Facebook works. Google is exactly the opposite way. A fiduciary who is named can be different. You can say, I am naming Fred Green as the fiduciary of my trust, but I am naming Joe Green to be the fiduciary of my digital assets which includes Facebook, email, and the other items I mentioned before. One of the most important things you can do, not only for Facebook, is to tell somebody, what is the pin to your smartphone? Many people keep password lists: the account, how I sign on, and what is the password. After a person has passed away, Passwords are not required. You do have to require, you are required by the custodian to prove that the person passed away. The password management companies allow you to name somebody who can look at the list. But in taking that approach, what you're doing is asking somebody to impersonate you. And that, again, is against the law. In the olden days, executors and financial advisors really relied on three sources of information. The mailbox, lots of letters piling out, the file cabinets, hopefully well organized, and your tax return. We don't use those things anymore. And if a person is under 45, they probably don't have any of those things. Their mailbox is empty most of the time and their folders are on their computer. So Facebook is an example of one digital asset category. However, there are over 160 different accounts that you have that should be documented somewhere so the information is available while you're alive and after you've passed away. So I've gone over the top three reasons that you want to close your Facebook account, or you want to have someone else close it. You don't, number one, you don't want to have ghosting. You don't want somebody impersonating you when, after you pass away. Secondly, you don't want Facebook to use all this information that they are collecting about you and selling to other people. You wonder why you are getting these random emails from all different places, Facebook is selling those lists. And third, there may be something on your Facebook account that you don't want anybody else to look at. But that's just one category of digital assets. Here you can see on this slide, there's also email, the contact list, the contents of the email, who you write to, writes to you. The subscriptions for all those apps that are on your phone, and the subscriptions perhaps to a magazine that is still delivered in a mailbox. Government is how uh, the driver's license passport, voter registration, and if a person lives in New York State and owns a firearm, the government of New York State says, that after a person passes away, the fiduciary has to notify the state of New York that the registration belongs to a person who is deceased within 15 days of the death or the fiduciary has committed a felony. Scary. So there are other items that you wanna think about. And at this point, I think I've finished presenting everything. Do you have any questions?
0: I do. Thank you, Betsy. Really good information, a lot to take in. Uh, Questions have come in. If I do not have Facebook on my phone, do they have your bank bill pay and other financial information?
1: Absolutely. Yes, they probably do. Unfortunately, they collect information. They call it artificial intelligence. Um, If... And let me sort of back up. If you have never given your uh, username and your password to an organization, they will not have it. Facebook won't know about it. But if you go shopping on Amazon, whether it's over the phone and talking to somebody or through your computer, Amazon has that information and Facebook has access to it as well. Scary. Next question?
0: Absolutely. So is there a specific document that must be completed in order to create this legal, del- this legacy delegate?
1: There is, uh, it's a good question. Facebook offers an online forum for you to define your uh, legacy delegate. In addition, if you have a will, you should name the person who is your digital fiduciary. If you have a trust, you want to name the digital fiduciary. Your attorney and attorneys in every state have the exact wording that should be in your will or your trust documents. And you, again, you want to be careful just with Facebook to recognize that they do not want you to share your user ID and your password with someone else. They gave you access for free, and the terms of service agreement are very clear that they do not want you to give it to anybody, but a legacy person can sign on in their own way and get access to your account.
0: How often do you recommend reviewing these privacy settings on Facebook? Just in general, for somebody, uh, for somebody that's a Facebook user.
1: I um, like to do it in January, once a year. Is some is the time that I just check on my passwords. I check on the settings in Facebook. I make sure my will and trust documents are up to date. How long does it take? It could take a few hours. You just want to look at everything. But I would do it once a year, and I do it in January. A lot of people do it in April, tax time.
0: Another question came in, how often do you recommend changing your your Facebook password?
1: I don't recommend that you change it very often. You're not giving it away. Okay. If it's a robust password, you shouldn't change it. About four years ago, the banks and government agencies got together and realized asking people to change their passwords on a regular basis was not going to improve the security of that account. The security of the account can best be uh, protected using multi-factor authentication. That means that you know something and you have something. You know the password and you have your cell phone in your left hand and they send you a code to that cell phone. That's multi-factor. Having two passwords is not multi-factor. Remember, it's something you know and something you hold. Then it's multi-factor and in some cases, There's three-part multi-factor authentication.
0: Another question, can I have my named estate executor handle all of this digital stuff?
1: Yes, you can, but your will and trust documents should, in fact, name that fiduciary and say my fiduciary has responsibility for both my digital and tangible assets. And for the digital assets it includes the following pieces of information, the following types of accounts, and what they can and cannot do. So you can find this wording online if you wrote your own trust documents or your own wills. You can uh, find it from your attorney, I have copies of it as well and at the bottom of this slide you can see how to contact me. I am not an attorney but I can give you some suggested wording for your trusts and your uh, will.
0: So you had mentioned, um, Betsy, that you review your Facebook privacy settings every January. What do you recommend for individuals that have a will? as far as how often they should review that to make sure that I know we're speaking specifically to Facebook, but as you said, there's so many other digital assets out there. How often should they review this information, whether it's through their attorney or through their, you know, the, the person's that is going to be their named executor.
1: That's really two different questions. The first question is how often should you go to your attorney and make sure your will and trust documents are up to date? Probably, every four years when there's a change of administration because the tax laws uh, will affect or can affect how the attorney writes your uh, trust document. So uh, I would say first quarter 2021 would be a good time to review your will and your trust documents with your attorney. I would also say once every four years. Okay. And what you want to do is make sure that your digital fiduciary knows how to do this work. Also, the wording in these legal documents should say that the digital fiduciary or the tangible fiduciary can in fact hire services to help them carry out their responsibilities of care and protection and loyalty to the estate.
0: Another question here, Betsy, came in. Talking about the document you said on Facebook, the the legacy digital you could find online that can be filled out by an individual. So the question is, if I don't have a will and this form that is on Facebook, this online digital legacy form, what are the requirements? Do I have to have it notarized? Can I do it by myself to name somebody?
1: You can name somebody. the, uh, The way you set up, a Legacy Delegate on Facebook is online, and you go to the settings, okay. um, the, the little wheel. You click on that, a whole list of settings will appear. The last one is called Memorialize. You click on that, and then you up comes a screen, and it says, would you like to name a Legacy Delegate? And that's where you put in the name of the person and their email address. And at that point, uh, you also want to make sure that that person knows what you want them to do. Do they want, do you want your legacy delegate to keep your Facebook page up and just notify Google that you have passed and then change the name of the account from Pat Green to memorialize Pat Green. There is no paperwork to fill out. Everything with Facebook is done online.
0: Somebody else wrote I had a loved one pass away a year ago. What recourse do I have now with regards to their Facebook account?
1: You have the option to um, notify Facebook. Using their current set of procedures, which change every six to nine months. But currently, the procedures force you to contact them online, identify yourself, your name, your relationship to the decedent, what your email is, provide them with a copy of the death certificate and the Obituary. They used to just say the obituary was enough. Now they say they want a copy of the uh, death certificate and some court document showing that you were named by the decedent as the fiduciary.
0: Very good. A lot to a lot to consider. I recommend uh, people get moving. So Betsy, how can people find you?
1: Well, um, as you mentioned before, I work at a company, Legacy Concierge, and my email is my name, Betsy, B-E-T-S-Y, at legacy-concierge.com. Our service is called Locket. We provide the Locket service, and a person can say, we would like um, you to help us, in the case of the particular question, somebody died a year ago and you are now wanting to handle their account. If you don't know how to do it, you contact me and or info at Legacy Concierge. and we will uh, take down what it is you would like us to do, whether it's just Facebook or social media, find the subscriptions, we have some technology that can find all the places a person's name is sitting on computers all over the country. In other words, you don't have to say that the decedent had a driver's license or uh, was registered to vote in Santa Clara County um, or um, had these particular credit cards. We have technology that you give us permission to use to locate all the locations that the decedent's name is sitting on computers in those eight categories email, financial, government, housing, insurance, uh, social, shopping, and medical.
0: Really good. So, this webinar. We'll be on the Knowledgeable Aging YouTube page. So if you go to YouTube, type in Knowledgeable Aging. I encourage you to subscribe. We update our YouTube page four to five times a week minimum with uh, new content. You can also find us on our podcast. If you have the podcast, go to um, Apple, Apple Tunes, Spotify, etc. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.